So last year we did a podcast where we analyzed seven affiliate sites and actually broke down what was great about them and what you could take away to improve your own websites. That podcast exploded and has one of the most downloads of any episode that we have so far. So because we kind of ran out of ideas this week, we decided to do that format again with seven new sites. So in this episode, Mark and I are going to be taking seven affiliate sites and see exactly what's quite interesting about them. And we have some really cool story with each one of them. So let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today we're gonna do something that actually we've done about a year and a half ago, something like that, but that was really popular at the time. And now we're kind of doing video podcasts. So if you're actually listening to the audio, and you want more information, I would actually recommend you go check out the podcast on YouTube because we will be able to overlay the sites we're talking about. Maybe I should say what we're doing today first. We are actually reviewing a bunch of athletic websites and kind of like picking what's interesting about them, how they got started, what makes them successful in very different niches. There's some low DR sites, there's some high DR sites. And I thought there would be a lot of inspiration for you guys to maybe pick up some of the strategies they're using. There's some pretty juicy ones in there. And I think it's going to be interesting, but not as interesting as what's coming next, which is, how's it going, Mark? Oh, gosh. I was like so nervous just leading up to it. It's like such a release to get asked that at the end of the week. I don't have a good answer this week. No dog prop no dog. this week to get more likes, unfortunately. It's just going good. Sorry. Well, the good news is I have mine. And the reason I have mine Honestly, the reason I adopted the cutest dog in the world is basically so that we get a lot of likes on YouTube because your dog got a lot of likes on YouTube. So I had to start a contest to see if my dog gets more likes or if your dog gets more likes, basically. So that's why I got him. And you can also subscribe if you want more of Cookie. That's my dog. Cookie is a great name for an affiliate marketer's dog, by the way. That was one of the reasons we called him Cookie. <laughs> you know, he has this harness and then um, you can put um, these kind of like stickers on it. And so one of them is his name, Cookie, and then we can put other things. So we have like Smart Cookie. And then also I wanted to order one that's like, that says like 30 Day Cookie or something like this. <laughs> just oh to, you know how people just pimp their car? I'm just pimping my dog, you know? So that's essentially, yeah, that's my dog. He didn't get castrated last week, but he's still pretty cute. But anyway, that's not why we're here. So I just let Cookie go. And we're gonna actually gonna start reviewing the sites that we said we're gonna review. We have seven in the list right now. Let me just start with the first one. And the first one is alphashooters. Can I just say, like, we just have like the method for choosing these sites, they're just interesting sites that do some things right, some things wrong, and they give like a sort of flavor of different niches. If your site happens to be one of these, I promise we're not singling you out to try and get loads of people to copy. So don't complain to us or whatever. We're just trying to give a fair reflection of what actual decent affiliate marketing sites are look like. Yeah, I had more sites actually at the beginning, but I suspected some of them might belong to some H4 members or test members. So I removed them. <laughs> uh, and also, like, uh, I didn't include very, very low DR sites because then it would be easy for any copycat to like listen to this podcast and go and copy them. So I always introduce sites that are like, they're going to be hard to copy to some extent, but you can get good inspiration from them, basically. So that is to protect the owners of the site because you're liking this. But if it was your site, maybe you wouldn't like this. So it's like I try to be a little bit considerate when we pick the sites. And the first site I'm picking is actually not a very high DR site, but it's very hard to copy. It's alphashooters.com. 
If you don't know, Alpha is actually the branding for Sony cameras. And so like the camera we're shooting the podcast with is actually a Sony a7 III, which is one of the most popular Sony cameras. And yeah, so we're basically part of this community. And it's quite interesting because the photographic gear niche is competitive as fuck. Uh, it's quite difficult. I mean, you can find some keywords that like you'll that. be okay. Competitive as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's quite competitive and they're quite low DR. It's quite surprising. They get, according to HF, they get 23,000 traffic. According to SEMRush, they get 31,000 traffic. So somewhere in there, I decided to include both so that people get a bit of a fork of traffic. And it seems that they started around early 2018. That's when I started seeing organic traffic in the graphs on uh, Ahrefs uh, and SEMRush. And yeah, they just focus on one brand, which is quite interesting. They actually monetize with Amazon BNH, which is like a really big affair program in the, in the photography gear industry and Focus Camera, which I didn't know about until I actually checked them out. Uh, they only pay 3% though, so I'm wondering if Amazon is not just better. But BNH is actually can pay much higher commissions than Amazon, so it's pretty good. I like the single brand aspect and they're also like covering all the news in the, in the Sony industry. So when there's a new firmware that comes out for cameras, uh, when there's new lenses, etc. So they do a bunch of reviews for lenses. And we know like, you know, when I picked the, the lenses for our camera, I had the choice between like literally hundreds of lenses and these are expensive as well, right? Like uh, our lenses was 600 pounds, I think, and it's not almost as expensive as a camera. I think. Well, the, the camera is 2000. <laughs> so, no, not quite then. Not exactly, but actually, there are lenses that are like three, four thousand pounds. It's like if you buy the official Sony lenses, they're, they're way more expensive even than the ones we have. We have a cheap one, actually. And that's why this niche works, right? It's because the products are so expensive and there's so many of them as well. You can put hundreds of lenses on, on these camera bodies and then you can buy, you know, microphones and lights and also all sorts of like bags as well for traveling, etc. So they literally have hundreds of them. It's a very upfront kind of cost. Like you can't get into photography really without a camera of some sort. So you have to make that investment early on. So anyone coming in is going to be buying one as well. It's kind of like yeah, golf and a lot of professionals sense. as well, right? It's like a lot of people take photos for a living, whether it's like real estate agents or like fashion photographers and people like, I mean, there's a lot less glamorous jobs than fashion photographers that take photos, but like, there's really a lot like people who take photos of products for websites, people who take photos of people for companies, websites, etc. Like there's, a, there's really a lot of people who buy these things, but they buy these things to make money so they don't mind spending a lot of money. But not only that, it's like, there's also, because there's so many options, you know, and these are expensive, you kind of like need to pick your gear properly. So they have a lot of VS keywords and that works really well for them. So like, you know, comparing different lenses, comparing different camera bodies. So like there's this Sony A6100, I think, which is a bit cheaper than ours versus this A7 III, for example. Or there's multiple models of these A7 III. Some of them are better for video. Some of them are better for actual photos, etc. Slightly different sensors. And so they're able to actually rank for all this stuff and ending up with quite a bit of traffic, again, this is not like, you know, you're looking at that and you're like, Ahrefs 23K traffic, not a lot. But if you're 23K traffic of selling 600 pound lenses to 1,000 pound lenses, actually pretty good money. And they're not that old and they probably have a lot to go for. So it works really well as well because they focus on that one brand, right? So they have a lot of brand loyalty, right? So photographers essentially tend to pick a brand because otherwise their gear don't, doesn't work, right? So like the, the lens mounts, for example, they're different between the brands or you need to buy adapters, but then you're losing sharpness, etc. It's complicated. So it's much better to just stick to a brand and just essentially start build up your gear around that and you rarely switch because then you don't have to switch everything at the same time. It's also the point that like if you are, if you have a Sony camera, 
and you you have a choice between a site dedicated to Sony cameras or a general photography site about deciding, you know, reviewing lenses and stuff, you're going to pick the Sony specific one because it's going to be more relevant to you and the information is going to be kind of, yeah, more relevant to your buying decision. Not just that, but I think Google does the same thing as well. I think like if you Google a bunch of these of these lenses, QOs, et cetera, you see most sites, they'd be in the range of the yeah, like 45 to 70, 80, let's say. Like that's going to be the range of people who rank for these kind of like lens reviews, et cetera. And this site is much lower DR and is ranking quite well for a lot of these. Not all of them, obviously, at their, at their level, but like they're ranking quite well. And that's something that we've seen as well. It's as if they essentially built a single hub of content around that one brand and just, you know, completely expanded it. And we find on our sites that when we focus our new sites on like just one hub or something, uh, we rank much better, much earlier. Uh, to the point where we have sites that are below 10 DR that are ranking for some big keywords sometimes because we focus them on like a single hub or something. So they've essentially done that at the scale of their site. And I think it's quite smart. They might hit a ceiling. And I think uh, actually the next site will talk a little bit about, about potential ceilings with your branding. But I like it because it's a hard industry to get in. And they did get in without necessarily having to force the authority or wait very long because they focused. And actually... A proof that it works very well as well is they have a forum and it's quite active actually. People actually like put a lot of questions, etc. So it gives them a bunch of long tail keywords at the same time. And well, they get a community that actually builds around their site. So it works pretty well. One thing I would say about brand specific sites you just have to be very, very careful of is not using any trademark name in your domain name. So if they called it like Sony Alpha Camera Shooters site or something like that, then what can happen is the brands, their legal teams are monitoring domains that get registered and they'll like hammer you with trademark lawsuits and all sorts of stuff like that. So you just have to be a little bit careful here. They've gone for alpha shooters. So, you know, alpha being part of the Sony Alpha type camera, but it's not brandable enough or it's not trademarkable enough on its own that you can they would run into any any troubles if they had the word sony in there they they would so that's why they've, they've kind of branded it a bit more subtly yeah but overall i think it's a smart way somehow angle to get in but they might regret later if they hit the ceiling and hit most keywords because they're limited to that brand basically but we'll talk about that for the next site so why don't you pick the next site and we'll bring that debate back yeah, so the next site is baldingbeards.com. It's a DR50 website. Ahrefs traffics 191k a month, and uh, SEMrush says 323k. So actually noticing a, <laughs> notice, yeah, noticing a big difference there, but also noticing that the last one, SEMrush, reported significantly more, like 50% more or something as but well. But you see it in the future, there's some that actually Ahrefs reports more. They're kind of trading blows, but I, I wanted to put these numbers of the two because it, like, we talk a lot about tools being accurate, etc., like it shows that through real examples and I think a lot, not a lot of people have access to both tools so it's quite nice for people to see that. I think. Yeah, so baldingbeards.com was started in around uh, end of 2014 according to Ahrefs. It's a site about beard and facial hair care and uh, going bald and like dealing with that through all sorts of products and tactic and stuff. Yeah, but they kind of started like that but they expanded to basically male grooming. That's what happened, yeah. right? Basically... It's a guy who was bald and had a beard talking about this stuff, I think, who has then tried to niche out, but has been somewhat constrained by his branding. I think initially the site was for people who were bald and had beards, which is, you know, like a very small subset of people who are interested in facial hair care and, you know, hair care and all that kind of stuff. It was a good way to niche down as well, I guess. But the way it's branded now is 
it's like balding and beards and some other stuff beyond that as well. So it certainly doesn't indicate that you have to be bald and have a beard to consume the content on this site. I mean, it, you can see the traffic, right? 100, between 200 and 300K, let's say. Basically what's happened is they built a niche site. It worked well, better than expected. <laughs> and then they were like, oh shit, how do we capitalize on this? Ended up diversifying massively. Now they write about skincare, they write about like all, all sorts of stuff like uh, belts and ties and like uh, micro pigmentation, hair tattoos, and yeah. Yeah. So I think two things that happen is they, I remember checking that site about four years ago, actually. It's kind of nice to see the evolution, but they used to be a pure affiliate blog. Uh, pure Amazon as well. They're still very much Amazon. They have some Charousel, etc. But what they've done is they first expanded the scope. So now they do all male grooming. And also they've expanded to do advertising. So they run Mediavine. And um, they do a lot more info content as well to try to max out their revenue on that site. I do believe it's like a small niche site that struck gold. And then they were they tried to expand and they couldn't. I mean, they, they did it, but it's just weird, you know, because it feels the branding is just not in phase with the content anymore. I think it works okay, actually, like balding beards, because they don't have a tagline. They don't really say what they are specifically. So I think it works for most of these things. The branding of it, it's, I like it. It looks like very clean. It reminds me of like a five years ago WordPress theme for like your typical blog. Also, has this like points guy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's generate price, basically, you know, it looks like it. I don't know. It's nice and it's nice and clean. It works. One thing I know about this industry is that these uh dollar shave club style like subscription services for razors and that like hugely popular a lot of money in those so i presume they are promoting those in some way programs? in the i'm pretty sure they cut it actually i'm pretty sure dollar shave club cut it well i mean there's a million other clones of it mm -hmm. anyway but what i see on on their homepage uh, bowling beers homepage is they have this enter the monthly giveaway and get more content like this uh, and you enter your email address and sign up I think that's an absolutely terrible opt-in because you don't monthly giveaway you for what? <laughs> yeah. It's like more content like what? Know? We're on the homepage. Like yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's just yeah, they haven't really done a good job in matching the. I guarantee you, you sign up, they don't email you. Like the way they collect emails, they don't care about emails. So it's like it's one of these things where they like they read a blog post of like oh you should do email marketing. They put a they put a box and they, they probably have an autoresponder and then when it's done you get no emails ever again. Yeah, there's actually a lot of online marketers out there who collect emails but don't actually email their their list like ever and they think that having a lot of emails is going to increase the value of their site and when you you sell it you could you have this big list or something but if you're not actively emailing them and they they're not engaged then that list is completely worthless. So if you're going to do it but if you're not going to email people then don't bother putting that on your site do pop-ups that promote affiliate products instead it works quite well yeah. actually did you find anything interesting in their roundup reviews not really so they have like this they have a fairly sort of cookie cutter setup for how they do it they have the the intro this like standard summary table box i don't know if that's AWP or whatever they're using but well i guess somewhat interesting is they go like into like the you know? value the value add section where they're talking about like things to six things to consider when purchasing shave soap and then it's like the information there before they get into like the specific products and uh, the mini reviews that they have it looks honestly it looks like a standard Authority hacker best X or Y template yeah, the way the way the way they've done it. Maybe this is a member site. I don't know. Nowadays we would reverse probably. We'd probably put the products above and the, the info content below for higher conversions. 
but the, then they have some further down there, like how we chose the best shaving soaps of 2020. It just seems like there's a lot of like filler content in there to pad out a bit. I don't know. It's not terrible, but I mean, it's like, it's well above average, but it's not something I'd say like, oh, we need to learn something from this. It's pretty standard now. So the, the way you put yeah. your essentially filler content at the bottom of your page is just you pick the uh, people also ask questions. I mean, you pick the most relevant ones and you just answer them. You just write it as an H2 and just answer for like 100 to 200 words and do like five, six, seven of them. That works quite well, actually, for Google. <laughs> Another way to trick Google and sending you more traffic, basically. They do. I mean, in fairness to them, like in the fourth paragraph near the top, they do have the, oh, our number one choice is this. And their, our second choice is this. It's maybe sort of like wire cutter and inspired or something. Yeah. Um, so I like having that key recommendation at the start. It's just not obvious it's there because there's no image or anything next to it. They should make so they a, can maybe a draw more attention maybe. to it. For yeah. sure, for sure. They use, I think it's a lot of stock images, but I don't know if they're using some kind of filter or whatever, but it, they they, do, they don't look they don't look too stocky. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, they, they, they're just like Instagram filter stock images, basically. Let's just say that. You do it on Canva. There's these effects you can put on Canva. It's really fast, really easy. Uh, I mean, you can do it on other tools, but Canva is probably the easiest one and you can do it for free. So yeah, I believe that's what they do. The raw information itself, like, I mean, I don't know too much about either of these worlds, but it looks pretty good, actually. Just the, the organization structure could be a bit better, I think. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just a standard, a quite well-executed standard affiliate site. Let's just say that. But like what the interesting part was like how they got constrained by their branding and how they're kind of paying for it. They could change the domain, right? They could put a new domain, redirect. But there's a bit of a coin flip still when you do that. Of like you're not gonna get all your traffic back. They get quite a lot of traffic as well. I would probably not gamble it, especially like they don't need to. But like see, it's kind of like I like this this one after Alpha Shooters because it's kind of like the reverse side of it. It's like Alpha Shooters was well, great because they niche down and you got all these advantages. But at the same time, here's the cost of this: when you actually are really successful in your niche, then you wish you were actually uh, larger, maybe branded larger. The thing with Alpha Shooters is it's not as obvious. Like, I guess photographers will know, but I don't know. Like, uh, you, you could probably rebrand in a way that it's not as obvious. When you put alpha shooters on the list, I thought it was gun sight. Like, you know, <laughs> There's a lot of things you could imagine stuff. from alpha yeah. shooters, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not go into all the interpretations. Let's just jump onto the next one, which is going to be Themile, actually. So it's actually in a WordPress niche this time. They are big DR site, the DR88. Traffic according to Ahrefs 246,000 and according to SEMrush 173,000. So you can see this time actually SEMrush estimates lower than Ahrefs. I do know they get a lot of traffic. They rank for a lot of affiliate keywords in the WordPress niche, which are quite lucrative. The affiliate programs in the, uh, in the WordPress niche is pretty much they're either on Charousel, CJ, mostly Charousel, or they run their own affiliate program. So it's, there's no like single one because they are like in hundreds of them, you know, like Elemental and Thrive and all these guys. They all have a fit program and like gravity forms and all of this. But the interesting part about that site, the why it's a little bit different. I don't know if they are a theme company or an affiliate site. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they actually, if you go on theme, it's like, it doesn't look like an affiliate site because they actually run themes on the front end, but most of their themes are free. And for a long time, the themes had do follow links in the footer back to them. So it's like, actually build like it's almost like the the theme part like it's they are no follow now i just want to point out that most of them are no follow but people who didn't update for a long time still have do follow links back so they change it later when they updated the theme it seems but what is interesting is uh they get hundreds of thousands of links from footers 
from people who use their free themes. That, the themes are pretty good. It's not nearly, it's not as good as like a generate press or Astro or something like this, but it's still pretty good. But I like the, I like the angle because the WordPress niche is probably one of the most difficult niches to get in, in terms of being an affiliate. And the site was started in early 2015. So they're kind of like on the end of the times where it was still doable to make it. But the reason why they're actually killing it and ranking for a lot of stuff, I mean, apart from like WP Beginner and a few others, they are, I think, a top five WordPress site, like about WordPress in terms of organic traffic. They really run a lot of editorial content. They run question and info content. So like, for example, is WordPress free? Like, you know, the really, really big topics that like people would be Googling and they rank for it. They run tutorials on like quite technical stuff. So install XAMPP uh, on WordPress locally and stuff like that, like how to run a WordPress on your computer without a hosting. Uh, and they do a lot of random previews for pretty much everything, not even just WordPress, like even like social schedulers and stuff like that. Are they an affiliate site though? But that's the question. Put them in Ahrefs, you will see that most of their content that gets a shit ton of traffic is pretty much affiliate content. So the question is, I believe personally that they make more money from affiliate than they make from selling themes at this point. That's my Do belief. Do you believe that despite the fact that they don't have affiliate sites, affiliate links on the website? They do have affiliate links on the website. So I'm on this best social media management. Okay, but because tools. there's no affiliate programs for this one, actually. For none of them? For most of them, there's none, yeah. Edgar doesn't Coach have Edgel one. have an affiliate program for sure. They just have a referral program. So they'd like give you a free month or something. But honestly, when you're these guys, you don't care that much. Let me just get you one. You go and reviews, you go WP Engine. Let's see if they don't have an affiliate link there. Yeah, it goes through ShareSell. Yeah, their hosting one does. It's just because social schedules Surprise, actually... surprise. They have a Bluehost as their number yeah. one uh, shared hosting yeah. platform. And, and social scheduling is is a pretty bad space for affiliate programs. Like Buffer doesn't have one. Hootsuite, pretty shit. Handling the rest, like, it's just not very good. So that's why they, they probably don't bother, but they just capture the traffic. But, like, on the actual money queries, they are they're absolutely running affiliate links. They were competing with us on, like, several keywords, etc. So that's how I know them. That's, that's a really interesting concept, though. They, they built this, essentially a theme company that's not monetized and they monetize well they probably sell some themes but like you know it's like if you go and check like what are the best teams i think they're recommended in the free ones but not that much on the paid ones you know but like yeah and but the thing is like the theme company it's like it makes it a legit company it's easier to get link building it's easier to like i mean obviously the footer links were a big deal now they know follow them so i don't know how much they count uh, but they might have counted quite a lot at the beginning to actually get the rankings and then eventually get links from ranking and kind of get that snowball of stuff going, etc. But for me, I like the idea a lot of essentially starting a real business as an excuse for link building and also making almost products free, you know. And we'll talk a little bit about the same concept on the last site that we're going to talk about on this podcast because it's slightly similar and you will see that this guy is also is also ranking and banking. So I think, um, yeah, I like, I like this idea. And personally, it's the kind of stuff that I'm quite interested in doing. Like if we wanted to build like a challenging project together, that's the kind of stuff I'd be interested in. How do we actually make something that is more legit than the, just a random preview website? The main activity doesn't need to be amazing at generating a lot of money. It just needs to be amazing at generating links. And then just use the domain authority to 
monetize with affiliate and essentially make this a much more passive thing in the long run because all they have to do now is just maintain their free themes, I guess. And um, and then they get a lot of links they get because how many people recommend themes, etc. and we link to them or whatever. Like it's, there's a big opportunity. And also with the WordPress teams, what they have access to as well is webmasters through widgets in the um, WordPress admin panel. Like, you know, when you have a plugin or a theme on someone's website, you can actually put a widget on the dashboard and then you could even promote your content you could do stuff like that so it's kind of it's quite a big opportunity overall but i like i don't know which comes first kind of like chicken and the egg you know like i don't know yeah. if it was even their plan initially feels like they probably pivoted into that at some point mm-hmm. but like if you look at the amount of content they have and how much stuff they publish etc they're definitely a publishing company now and there's at least as much effort towards that as there is towards the wordpress team side of things and i would suspect there's a lot more effort towards that actually I would also just add that the content is actually pretty damn good, good yeah. on, on the site. Like it's really, really well written. They've broken it down nicely. It's very easy to read off the page. Um, it was one it, of the inspirations for the Atari Hacker Redesign, actually. They were on the list because I think this site is really well built. Like the way they recommend videos at the bottom as well to boost their YouTube channel and things like that. We took that from them. So yeah, that's why I, I quite like this site. I think it's, it's worth looking at and I, I love the idea of building, you could be building maybe even a service company at the beginning, right? You could be building, but like you, and then you build free tools, let's say that like people can use and then people link to that. And then with all of that, you eventually transition to content, but you have the domain authority, you are 40, 50 at that point. And it's much easier to actually grow from there. So yeah, I think for several niches, it's something that can be done. And that is a bit of a fresh take on building an affiliate site. So that's T-Mile, basically. I'll let you take the next one, which is also very interesting. The next one is supercomfysleep.com. Unsurprisingly, a sleep mattress type site. And it's one definitely of the best affiliate niches. Yeah. Good niche. I do not like this site, though. Me neither. But look, what's, it, what's interesting about that? What's interesting about this is they have the highest traffic to DR ratio I think I've ever seen. So their DR is 30, 30. And Ahrefs is reporting 265k a month traffic and Samrush 650k a month in the sleep niche. Which is fairly competitive, yeah. Which is super competitive, highly, highly monetized, high value products, huge affiliate commissions. And from what I've heard as well, very, very cutthroat, like sites are doing all sorts of nasty stuff to each other there. There's like that crazy lawsuit with uh, Casper and sleepopolis.com several years back. Back, if Just Google Casper sleepopolis.com and you'll, you'll find the whole story about how the company, the mattress company like sued them and then took it over and then changed all their reviews and all, it was crazy. So that's the, that's the industry they're in. Their supercomfysleep.com was started just a few years ago. So uh, early 2017 only has I mean, I say only, it's still quite a lot, but considering how much traffic and probably how much money they're making, it only has 865 linking root domains in Ahrefs. They monetize, surprise, surprise, by Amazon, but mostly through, I'm presuming more of their money comes through the mattress affiliate programs. They do a lot of Amazon too, because they write about random shit that's semi-related to sleeping, like, you know, most comfortable futon, for example, is their uh, number one page for traffic. And it's not monetizable through these high-paying mattress uh, fit programs. They, they do have some that are, but yeah. Yeah. So there's Casper is a classic example in, in, in the US. They It's like a mattress in a box. I think you can try it for a hundred nights and still return it and also stuff like that. But I think they pay 6% commission at a sort of base level. I'm sure you can negotiate much higher than, than that beyond, beyond that. 
But the mattresses cost, I don't know how much it costs, like 600 bucks or something like that. I could be wrong. Could be even a thousand. Like, I don't know exactly, but it's pretty expensive. I'm sure they have different tiers yeah, of it yeah. or something. But either way, mattresses, huge, huge, huge amount of money in that space. Very, very competitive. And this the site just seems to be doing... Very fast growing as well. Very fast growing in trends. And they just seem to be doing really, really well. And the crazy thing is the content's not that great. It's shit. Yeah. <laughs> If you were buying a mattress and you found one of their pages, how would you feel? Yeah. So when I was, you know, researching this, I was like getting tired and like bored, just like looking at the content on the page. There's something about it, which just looks like, oh my God, I do not want to read this. They have this paragraphs with like 50 sentences in it, huge walls of text, really, really bad featured images that look like they're done in Microsoft Paint. This, they use every classic stock image in the book. They're badly aligned. The font just doesn't look nice. And it's just, ah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Just to be clear, though, we're saying it's shit, but that's through our kind of as a user, as a lens, user, yeah. I guess. The raw content, like it's not terrible. Like there's many sites out there that are really, really bad. They just there, there's a few things they're they're doing really, really badly, um, and I don't think it really encourages people. The fonts are too small, etc. The spacing in, like the, the the whole thing looks weird. But basically, I think this is a testament of how well Grey Hat probably still works. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah. Because if you look in Ahrefs, they only have 525 pages, which is a lot, but it's not a lot for the amount of traffic they get. So it's like you know. Initially, when I saw that site, I was like, okay, they're brute forcing it through publishing an absolute ton of content. So I was expecting. 10,000 pages or something. And I'd be like, okay, then if you divide the traffic per page, then maybe it would make sense. But that wasn't the case either, right? So in my opinion, I mean, two things. I, I went into the backlinks, obviously, and I found a lot of like quite relevant links from random sleep sites. So that's why in the notes, in the note I put sleep site mafia question mark <laughs> because uh, there's either some kind of PBN that is hidden from Ahrefs where there's like, you know, a thousand sites linking to that site that Ahrefs doesn't even crawl because they're blocked through the robots.txt. And so even the DR is not considered there. And maybe they're actually like, if these were crawled, they would be DR70 or something like this. And like, that would look a lot more real. Or I don't know, they, like, they seem to have some, like, some, site, some links from very sleep-related sites as well. That I mean, I don't think many people read these sites. They actually get links, like they got a few homepage links from some e-commerce companies in the sleep niche as well, for example, like um, testimonials, stuff like that. So it's like, there is some fairly good links in there, but I refuse to believe that with this man. Are you saying that there's a conspiracy theory and all big sleep sites are owned by one individual slash company? It's probably the guy who created Bitcoin as well that nobody knows who it is, you know? But uh, it's the deep state, I think. No, it's like, I don't know. Like, But like it seems like there's a lot of connections happening here. Like this, this might be a site that they created on the site, but they own also a bunch of e-commerce brands and things like that. Like. I could imagine something yeah. like that. It's like you can't just jump in that niche and get that level of success at DR30 with that and with content that's really like nothing to write home about. So yeah, there is something hidden here. I couldn't crack it exactly. So usually the thing I do, this is when my uh, my lifetime Substat account is very useful. So Substat is basically a much smaller competitor to Ahrefs and CMRush. It's not as good, but it's also cheaper. And they ran an AppSumo several years ago. So the lifetime account. And very often people block Ahrefs, block SEMRH, et cetera, but don't block Substat. And so that's when I jump on my Substat account. I'm like, okay, what are you hiding, guys? I couldn't really find anything this time. But that is a trick, by the way. It's like you can use much smaller tools if the bigger tools are being blocked. So if you're in a very competitive niche, it might be worse actually having 
subscriptions to these smaller tools just to actually find the stuff that they forgot to block from the smaller tools robots. Just say something <laughs> is like my spidey sense is tingling. Something is off about this site. So when I first came on the site, there's a picture which I now think is a stock image. I thought it was like the owner of the site and his like wife and his kids on a mattress like sleeping. But it's I think it's just nah, a stock. I saw stock this. Image. I was like for sure it's a image. The image, if you load it on a 4K monitor, it's not even centered. It's like off to the left. Their Facebook and Twitter icons on their, their menu don't they link don't to link, anywhere. Yeah. They have no social <laughs> media presence. Their contact us page is just a form. It doesn't even say anything. It's just a form. Probably goes nowhere as well. The about us page. Oh, let's check this out. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the whole about us page for the purposes of people who are listening to this. We are a team of experienced researchers and writers with a genuine passion for high quality sleep products, all types from mattresses and pill mattresses to pillows and down comforters. We recognize the importance of sleep in our life. As such, our mission is to provide a genuinely useful, relevant, high quality information to our readers, which will help them to choose the right mattresses and sleep products that will allow them to get super comfy sleep. Whew, right sentences like you do, go. Um, with yeah. like six commas in it. It's probably my site. I just do it. I sleepwalk and I just build that site, you know? But that's the entire About Us page. There's no photos, no inform information, nothing. There's no formatting as well. It's just like one line. There's one paragraph of text is the About Us page. Their privacy policy mentions no company or p individual people. They have no way of contacting them as far as I can see. I have no idea who owns this site, although they seem to have their logos has a, a registered trademark around it, apparently. Do you think our life is at risk for revealing this site? I'm a bit scared that the sleep, <laughs> sleep, the sleep mattress mafia are going to come get us now, to be honest. Yeah, it's possible. Okay, anything else to say about this site? Because like, I think we've, we've said what we had to say here. The article about Casper and Sleepopolis, the title of it is The War to Sell You a Mattress. So that, that gives you an indication of how hostile this, this industry is. Yeah. So, and when you see these kind of sites, it's it's just like I'm sure someone, if someone can crack it and put it in the comments on YouTube, that'd be amazing. By the way, I had about like I, I looked at that site for like 40 minutes or something, and couldn't really crack it. But if someone can crack it, I'd be quite curious. I'll, I'll show you when I cracked at the end of this podcast. By the way, the last one is when I cracked. By the way, cracked. cracked. We're not telling you to hack this, right? We, we just mean like you know, understand how they do well, how it how it's working well and so well in Google. Yeah, do not hack app. these sites. We're called a toy hacker. I get it. It's a bit um, it's a bit scary. People think we're we like still, a, a hacking yeah, company. <laughs> we got funny funny side note. Actually, we got blocked on some banks in Canada's Wi-Fi network because they had a, I guess, keyword filter, anything which had hacker in the domain name, your site got blocked. And uh, some guy who's a member couldn't get access to our, our site. So I had to like email their IT department and say, hey, we're not actually hackers. We're talking about growth hacking. And because good hackers kind of put hacker in their domain name, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like they can fish you, etc. But they, they forget about that always. It's really easy to catch them, actually. Anyway, next one is going to be security.org. Much nicer site, which is about home security, home cameras, stuff like that. Also pretty... It's like it's not as competitive as like mattresses, but it's still it's still like up there in the competitive niches. So this site is the R sixty six. According to Ahrefs, they get they have two hundred twenty six thousand uh, traffic, and according to SEMrush, they have two hundred ninety one thousand. So it's pretty close this time. You know, like let's just round it at two fifty, and they have four hundred eighteen pages indexed. So about as many as the um, other sleep site. But that site is different. However, they actually they might be just better 
than these sleep guides because same if you open the homepage you see this uh, our mission is to help you etc with these amazing office photos and you actually see the site on the laptop when you do that right I reverse image search the actual images and they're all blatant stock images as well so all of this is actually fake and they're actually so yeah this is not real basically all the all the imagery is poorly edited stock images with their website, with their branding. With I wouldn't like say that. poorly edited. It, like, it would have convinced me if I didn't really <laughs> take a double look at it. If these people didn't look so good, it would have convinced me too. But like, I don't think, especially in the UK, that's not how people look like. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> how do they monetize? Uh, they monetize with Amazon a lot, actually. Amazon is pretty deep into the market for like the um, cameras when you, for the doorbells, etc. Like they actually have their own product lines. Uh, they monetize with other uh, affiliate programs for security uh, programs, which actually pay quite well. Stuff like Simply Safe, for example. These as well offer subscriptions now, so you can actually pay for someone to actually check the camera at your place and notify you there's a problem. Like they basically offer that as a subscription. So there are affiliates for all of that. The reason I like this site is because I really like the branding. I think they've done a good job at picking, even though the stock images are are questionable. The thing is, like, it's questionable, but like 99% of people would be would not see that. And I think it's 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 quite believable. And they've done a good job at picking up the stuff that's like from the wire cutter and all the stuff that a lot of people have done recently, and build beautiful layouts for their pages. So if you go on the best home security camera, for example, you see that they have their top pics that look really nice with some scores, and then they have a horizontally scrollable table so you can on mobile it's quite easy to go through that as well and it's it's really 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 quite well built so even though the branding for the photos is is pretty bad overall i think if you wanted to build a modern looking affiliate site these days you would build that site actually so i quite like it they also have some they do skyscraper as well it's it's funny because they it looks very much like what we would build for our sites in terms of like choices for content, right? So for example, they have like a social media ruining your life, etc. So they go a bit broad, but they're able to generate quite a bit of links. They also have one thing that is interesting is they have something that I like a lot these days. They have brand pages, right? So if you go in home security on the menu and you have on the right, you have popular home security brands and they actually have spotlights for the individual brands. Uh, and they essentially like um, use that to structure their site and link to the products that they review, et cetera, which is a clean way of uh, promoting your site and also maybe getting the brands to link to that page itself. So it's kind of like a link bait for the brands themselves. So I quite like what they've done. They're good SEO people and it shows from their traffic, from their branding, et cetera. So if you want a site to model after, there's not much else. It's just well executed overall then it's a, it's a good site to look at, I believe. Uh, I didn't look in their links. I'd be curious to see how clean it is. I'm not sure it is super clean. Actually, it's a very new site as well. It was only, I think it was like 2019 or something, and I couldn't find much else, but they, they're, they're doing very aggressive link building from the link curves that I've seen, actually. So if you have a look on there, one thing they do do well is they have the actual people behind it who are working on it. Yeah. on the about page. But what's interesting is they have links to their LinkedIn. And so I went, the guy who's at the top is not like, it's not usually you have co-founder or owner or CEO or something. It's just director of content. So that said to me like, okay, maybe this is part of a larger organization. So I went on his LinkedIn and it says director of content at security.org at Centerfield. And like Centerfield's the company name, essentially. So I clicked on the, the company name. It took me to their, their LinkedIn page and it says they have 1,000 to 5,000 employees. Centerfield.com. It's, I believe it's kind of like uh, Red Ventures, the, co the company that owns the points guy, creditcards.com and a bunch, bunch of these other sites. And 
the tagline is turn shoppers of your service into buyers of your brand marketing services omni-channel media automated optimization end-to-end measurement i don't really know what this that means but it looks as if they are a massive company who is starting or running a bunch of these websites as a small part of a much wider operation to like direct traffic to specific brands i think like if you own this website it's very easy to reach out to you know adt ring alarms simply safe and say hey you know we can feature you on here and you know try and upsell that them makes to all their other marketing services and, and that so it's part of a big big company that's why it looks so good the content's really good the it design, makes sense because it, when you click yeah. on the simply safe link actually the only attributes on it are like um analytics attributes so they just tag with utm but i'm pretty sure they have um they have custom deals based on that traffic, et cetera, and they just like invoice monthly or something. So it's quite interesting. But the links are really good, actually. They have links from Wired, Wikipedia, Engadget, Business.com, PC Mag. I mean, there's a good chance that they, they own a lot of these, these companies yeah, as yeah. well. I, I don't know, you know? It might be, but like, they're, yeah, they're big. And it's like, if you compare that to the, the sleeping side, it's night and day still. It's still like really well built, basically. Like, it's, it's much nicer, much more professional than the sleeping site and much less dodgy when I look at the link profile. They actually say, and they have a, a section on who they serve, home security. They say they drive more than $100 million in sales for leading home security companies. Now, so they probably I'm sure insights, it's, yeah. it's not all from this, this side. They probably have many sites. They're probably doing a lot of paid traffic, PPC, media buying campaigns as well. But it's just, I guess it's like another way, another thing to bolt on to your agency, really. But it's, it's really impressive what they're doing. So, yeah, it's a good site to look at. I think it's like I like to look at these big sites and how they do things. And I think um, I think it's a good example if you want a site to model after. Even though you won't do as well, it's normal. Don't worry. It's still a good inspiration. Let's jump on the next site. Next site is garagegympower.com. Unsurprisingly, a site about garage gyms. Very, very popular in 2020 at least. <laughs> so it's a DR29 site, which is relatively low, but it's still getting 100, Ahrefs reporting 100k traffic. It has 471 linking root domains and it's a little over three years old, started in January 2017. This um, is quite realistic. For people who listen, want to start a building a site like that, this is within your reach, you know, for pretty much everyone listening. For sure. Uh, what I love about it is it's a, I think it's a really, really nice design, really, really slick. They've, they do use stock images throughout their, their site, but they also use, it looks like their own illustrated images to, to highlight certain points. They have this always stay motivated section, which looks like has a bunch of like Instagram quotes and people. So I'm not sure. Yeah, they try to do some like, community stuff, not just be a, a plain athlete site, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, their content is legitimately good. So I actually set up a home gym uh, earlier this year, so I'm somewhat familiar with it. There's there's a lot of really good content in this space. There's Garage Gym Reviews, I think, is, yeah, sorry, sorry. is really popular. It's a YouTube channel. And yeah, there's really, really good content that most of the people genuinely know what they're what they're talking about and recommend good products and know what to look for all that kind of thing so difficult space in terms of like competition from a content knowledge perspective i guess but not insurmountable either you don't need any kind of technical degree or whatever to partake in this i think i like their content a lot it's very short very snappy they almost write like gail does when he's writing a email copy for authority hacker there's a lot of like one one line sentences like that's great exclamation mark is one paragraph and then they go on to that it's almost like 
there's a copywriter behind it, which I love. Really easy to consume this this kind of content on a blog. Yeah, but they still do the classics, right? They still do roundup reviews. They still do all of that. So it's like they don't break the model. They just execute well, you know? That's within the roundup review. They're, they talk like that. So there are best power racks for home gym um, very sort of cookie cutter intro table of contents. They have 15 mini reviews of, of all the products. What I would have liked to see there is maybe best gym rack or best power rack for on a budget for tall people for whatever They're different situations. That's maybe a, a way to, to break it down. It doesn't appear to be ranked in terms of which is the best. It's just a dump of 15 of them. Then they go into the how to choose section, which is a little bit bit filler. And then they have, it looks like they're targeting a bunch of additional related keywords. So difference between power rack and squat rack, for example. And then below that, they have what, like a heading, what is a power rack? What is a squat rack? They also ask questions, no? Yeah. So I went and checked and they rank number 26 for what is a squat rack. So, you know, there's something in there. It's not obviously doing anything for them at the moment, but I feel like they do that enough, it's, it's probably having some kind of result, right? No, it might work. So it's like if they, so they might be the answer in what is a squat rack or what does a squat rack, because when you click on one is on one of these people also ask, you actually get a link at the bottom, right? So they might be in there actually, and they might be on page one for this, uh, even though they rank 26 for the actual query. So I think it's, it's what they might be getting for and overall what this does, is when you write these, it just increases your relevancy for the terms and it just helps you rank higher for even like best power rack and stuff like that, essentially. So yeah, I like doing that a lot as well these days, just to be taking people also ask. It's easy for the writers. It works for Google. People don't mind reading that too much as well. It's just like quick and snappy. They just like scroll through the questions and then they just pick the one they want to read. And, you know, in that new Google, this is this is what, what kind of works basically. So I think it's a I think it's I like this site because it's realistic for people to build something like that. But I think it's quite well executed while also being reachable by a newbie, basically. I also think that the the images are probably stock images, but whatever they've done to them, they they look quite good. They don't look like they've just taken them straight out of Shutterstock or whatever. They embed a lot of YouTube videos, not their own, other people's in there. If there's like a specific question about squatting within a review, say, they use a lot of images, sections, boxes, call out boxes to break up the, the content. They definitely don't have, probably one of the best examples of avoiding wall of text syndrome. I think I've I've, I've, I've seen, so maybe someone should send their site over to uh, supercomfysleep.com and for some inspiration. <laughs> and they can fix that. Okay, anything else on the site? No, no, I think it's a great site. Okay, let's wrap it up. And the next, the next one, which is the last one, is an interesting one because he's like, he was competing, he's competing with us for some keywords, actually destroying us, FYI, just I'll be, I'll be quite <laughs> honest. So it's quite, it's quite good because uh, it's like, and the website is uh, adamandfroy.com. I think he was on Pat Flynn's podcast as well. So he's trying to build a name for himself. It's very interesting because like he popped out of nowhere and started ranking for some pretty big keywords, both informational and affiliate in online marketing, right? And he started the site at the end of 2019. That's why I saw an HF. Let me reject that, actually. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds really early. But he's the R77 already, which is quite impressive, to be honest. And so I saw this guy pop on the subs and actually beating us for a lot of courage. We have a lot of content I update. On Atari Hacker, we know what we need to do. We just don't have really the bandwidth to deal with it right now. So don't blame us. But like, I saw this guy pop. And actually, I showed him to Team Solo, right? I'm like, 
I don't care what happens, but I will crack what this guy does. I will understand how he ranks so high and I will just sacrifice my entire life to that task if I need to, but I will do this, you know? <laughs> and, so, and so I spent a lot of time looking at it until Mark realized that he had literally an ebook where he just explains how he does it or something. But anyway, I actually found through other ways how he did it. I can't really say where it comes from because I promised that person I would not tell that. But basically, the way Adam got a lot of links to his site, because that's the interesting part, how he got the R77, how he got this much traffic. He has 206,000, according to Ahrefs, by the way, and 151, according to SEMrush. But the way he got so many links was very, very smart. And I think a lot of people are starting to pick up that tactic in terms of link building. We should maybe even do a whole podcast episode on that at some point. But what he did is he approached very reputable sites that have an editorial team, et cetera, high DR sites like the R60+, plus, et cetera, sites. And actually, Adam used to be the affiliate manager for big commerce, I think. So he got to meet a lot of people, et cetera, so his job, et cetera. And what he did is he essentially secured a few regular contributor spots for some big blogs. And then what he did is he approached other sites and he's like, guys, I'm posting on these four or five really high DR sites. You want me to include links to your site when I do a blog post next time? And in exchange, all you have to do is add links to these pages on my site from these pages on your site, et cetera. And the way I spotted that, by the way, is because one of my friends actually had links to his site. Can't say who. <laughs> and I was like, there's no fucking way that this guy that I know personally would have linked to that site without incentives. So I was able to essentially get the interaction, basically. And this guy didn't know as well. He told him how he did his post before that. But anyway, so it's, that's essentially what the, what the deal Adam offered to a lot of people. And what he ended up getting is pretty much links from a lot of sites because we all know that links in this industry is like crack and cocaine in like a, a, a like, you know, a junky neighborhood, you know? <laughs> it's like people will literally just do anything, especially if nobody else can see and it's like in a, in a private email correspondence, etc. And so what he got is he got a lot of exact matching context to his roundup reviews for like best webinars, etc., from very reputable blog posts on very reputable sites and not just random pages, pages that have a lot of links themselves. So he was really smart about that in exchange for him mentioning them in his guest post. And as he did that, then he was just essentially expanding the number of places he could do guest posts on and keep doing more trades and trades and reaching out to more sites. And eventually he was able to build that giant network where he was able to like, you know, get the link trades in a way that would actually favor his website. Whether that's good or not, like, honestly, I'm not here. To, I, I don't think it's a very dirty tactic. I think it's not bad compared to like what most people do for link building. It's actually, I believe, in the, on the clean side, like he doesn't pay for anything, etc. Like, fair enough. Actually, I don't know if he doesn't pay that part. I don't know. But I don't think he does. And I think the, the approach was very, very smart. I'm kind of pissed off I didn't come up with it myself. So congratulations to him. That was very good. And as a result, he ranks really high for a lot of affiliate keywords in the online marketing space that has high affiliate, commu high affiliate commissions. He makes a lot of money from it. I think he has an income report. I think he makes 80K something per month. So yeah, I think that was quite interesting. That is the interesting part about his business that I'm honestly not a huge fan of his content on his site. I don't think it's, it's you know, there was that French saying that said that it doesn't break two legs to a duck. Don't ask me why people say that in French. Um, but essentially, <laughs> my mom would say that, okay? So my mom would say that it doesn't break two legs to a duck. I don't think it's amazing, but the way he did the link building, the way he orchestrated it, was very smart, and obviously, from looking at his site, it works. I think his his content's like it's okay. 
It's it's not terrible. It's not amazing. His link building is genuinely amazing. I think it's one of the best cases of a well-executed sort of white hat, I guess, link building campaign. Still incentivized. I think if you go to John Mueller and you ask John Mueller, is this, ah, is this white hat? Everything's bad, though. Yeah. yeah, he would say anything we do is, <laughs> is gray hat, too. So it's like... I'm just saying, like, let's just... Fair enough, fair it's enough. It's whitish. Uh, but no, I mean, like, hats off the guy. I bought, I think he has, like, a, a course. Like, it's not a very good course, I'll be honest with you. But is uh, there's there's a really good point in there. And he just the way he structures things, it's very well organized. He has a real sort of, like, hustle about him. And I can tell he's he's, he's really good at, good at link building. But he's... So he's pre-linking to sites before he outreaches to them to ask for a guest post in another guest post. So he'll have like six links out of one guest post. Like five, one will be to his own site and five will be to a target, which he's going to outreach to in future. Then he approaches so he can them, go yeah. in, He can go in saying, hey, I've already linked to you. Can I get a guest post kind of thing? So he's he's really smart about you know taking different angles to try and offer some value up front and, 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 and get his foot in the door. Um, uh, maybe we'll have to have him on the podcast at some point and interview him and grill him about how he. After how what he you did said it. about his course, I doubt it, but uh, let's see. <laughs> Honestly, I would like it though. It's like I think it would be quite interesting. But uh, yeah, I think that was th- this is a really great case study. It shows that I think he hustled like crazy though. I think he like yeah. he he worked sure, like fifteen hours sure. a day, like nonstop, super hardcore grind, etc. Like he he earned it. But it's a good thing. It's like this is what you can achieve in a really short space of time if you like fucking go for it. You know. Yeah. So that is basically it for this podcast. I kind of like, I'm ready to wrap it up here. I think that was the last one. Let us know if you like this, because actually the good thing with this format is we can just pick another seven site if we want one day and actually just do that format again. So uh, drop us a comment below and let us know if you want us to do more of this kind of format, if you guys enjoy it or not, or if you'd rather us just go for like broader topics, etc. But overall, well, we hope you enjoy it. And if you did, don't forget to... Uh, I just want to say as well, if anyone's like listening in their car and they didn't catch any of these sites or they want to go research them in more detail, if you go to authorityhacker.com slash podcast, you'll find this episode. And in the show notes, we'll put links to all these sites. So you can, you can check them out there. Yeah. And if you want to see the video version as well, if you haven't seen that, because we'll be putting B-roll and you'll be seeing the pages we talk about, etc. Uh, you can go and check that. And if you are on YouTube, you can drop us a thumb up and you can subscribe below because that would help us a lot. And you can also subscribe to the audio podcast, as we mentioned. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you in the next one. Have a good week. <laughs>